0: Welcome to a footy feed update. We're doing daily report cards on all 18 clubs during the shutdown period. Today it's Brisbane. Um, obviously, a great season last year and a loss first up. I've got Cal Toomey with me to discuss them. First round, obviously a loss. Did it trigger any alarm bells for you, Cal? Uh,
1: we've all we've heard all. Hey, Mark. By the way, I hope you're well. Um, we've heard all about the preseason comparison to Melbourne. Don't do a Melbourne. Um, Brisbane's been talking about. It. Even Chris Fagan's spoken about it. You know, the, the ability to back up a really good year with another one. And to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed how the Lions um, put out their round one performance. Look, they're hard to judge that game because they would have been in their hotel beforehand watching, I imagine, all the news services that Scott Morrison did address to the nation just before their game sort of got underway. And at that point, they would have had real doubts over the future of the season, I imagine. Obviously, during that game, Later on, Gillan McLaughlin said that's the end of the season as we know it right now, and we'll you come did. back hopefully in a couple of months. So, from that regard, I do give them a little bit of um, space and, and time, but I thought they were they were pretty flat, to be honest. I thought they were disappointing. And although it was only a 28-point margin, it seemed like the Hawks had control of that game for the large part of it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a... Look, alarm bells, not quite sure if we're at that stage yet. We probably aren't, but it was a disappointing start from the Lions, and they would have been flat after... You know, two losses to end their campaign last year in the finals, back to back losses. I would have hoped that they come out a little bit better. And on paper, they're a better team than Hawthorne, but Hawthorne outmatched them and and outsmarted them, outplayed them throughout that whole day. Yeah, I was covering that one and look, it was a strange day,
0: strange performance. But for me, they they weathered the storm of the Hawks pressure early on, went to quarter time up. And yep. then obviously the Hawks jumped them in the second quarter and it, it was all Hawthorne from that point. So yeah, bit of a bit of a strange performance, but as we said, really unusual circumstances Correct. and you can't judge them too too harshly on that one. We didn't see Grant Birchall on that day. He was a late withdrawal, which has been a, a big part of his recent history in the game, <laughs> yeah. which is a real shame for him. But where does he fit, Cal? I mean, obviously, he's going to play at that halfback role. Luke Hodge goes out. He comes in as that experienced head. Is he going to play a really pivotal role for this club, do you think?
1: Personally, I'm not sure that he was the most necessary pickup. I know he came for cheap and it doesn't cost them too much in that regard and they didn't have to give up much to get him. But Mm. just the the reality of their situation, I'm not sure why he was such a a needed asset to bring into the club. He's played, what, um, you know, only eight games, I think, since the end of 2016. So over three seasons, had a lot of injuries in that period. Then runs out or just, just misses running out for round one through to another niggle. They've picked up Callum Marche to play off half-back. He can sort of create some some speed and some class off that point. Alex Witherden's there. Um, Noah Answorth, they're really excited about it. Lions and and think that he's a lock at one of their spots. Zach Bailey can go there if he has to. So I don't think they're ever really needing another Luke Hodge. Luke Hodge could have played on. If they wanted to keep a Luke Hodge, they should have just made him play an extra year because he's probably showed enough to suggest he could. I don't Mm. think he, uh, Birchill is the most necessary pickup. However... In saying that, he could offer some experience if he can get his body But With him, though, it's just such a big if, I think. I mean, you've covered the Hawks pretty close over the past couple of years. Um, every time it seemed like he'd get close to a comeback, it was sort of hit on the head a couple of times. So It was. Look, for, for, for his sake and, and for the Lions, I hope it does work out, but I don't think it was the most necessary thing. And to be honest, I think their youth under Birchill in that sort of spot is probably more promising anyway. Yeah, look, I agree with where you're coming from. They do have a lot of depth
0: in those sorts of roles, um, and they didn't necessarily need a Luke Hodge general down back, but I did a piece looking at premiership windows um, in the preseason. When you look at those numbers, Brisbane is still quite young, and I know it's only one player making a difference, but if they're really looking to push on this year, which I think they are, they, they, made, they played two finals last year, they were top two, um, they're, they're thinking they're in the, in the premiership window this year. Um, and if you look at the numbers, unless you've got a certain um, level of experience and, and age, um, you're not generally a contender. And I know it's only a number, and there are exceptions to the rule like your Western Bulldogs, but maybe that's their thinking. But um, Look, it's going to be interesting because he's got to get on the field.
1: Does. It doesn't matter he what does.
0: he's... Yeah, he's got to play. So
1: that's, that's the real key with him. Speaking of one of their recruits... Uh, We've spoken about Cal Archie. Uh, We will see him pretty soon, I think. Illness ruled him out of round one. I think he would have played. Cam Ellis Ellis Yolman, though, I'm not quite sure where it sits with him because it was fascinating Mm. to hear Chris Fagan say he's basically just not playing well enough. His training hasn't been good enough um, at the start of the season, start of the preseason. That's why the Adelaide recruit missed out. I can't believe that, to be honest with you, because... The fact is, this is Cam Ellis-Yolman's big chance to, to stake a claim at an mm. AFL career. He's played 39 games over his career, been at the crisis for five, six years, so he's had enough time. He comes to the club, um, well-experienced. You know, he's 27 years old, generally gets played in the midfield, and, you know, yeah, the Lions do have a stacked midfield, but come on, Cam. <laughs> like, this is the big shot for you, mate. It well, it's a hard
0: one. We, we look at him as far as a body. He's, he's a chiseled body. He's tall. He's big. And that's what they said at the time. They're bringing him in almost as that battering ram to protect the young kids that are in there. Um, They've obviously got your Lockie Neils and these types, but he's in there to protect some of these other kids, the Jared Berries, the human cluggages, these sort of guys. Um, Him not playing well enough, is it it a reflection on him not working hard enough? Or is it the fact that he's maybe he's not that good? It's it's hard to tell. Um, There were a few eyebrows raised when he was given three years. Um, There was even talk of four years early on. Um, so I don't know whether there's a trigger in there that, that gives him that fourth year. But either way, he's got a really good deal. Um, this is his opportunity. He's been in and out. He's had a few injuries, but he has been in and out just from form at the Crows. So we're, we're going to find out if he's any good here. And the early signs aren't promising for him because there is an opportunity. He's been recruited. Um, look, he's he's got to make this every post a winner here. Otherwise, um, he's going to look back on his career and think, look, geez, I've, I've wasted an opportunity here.
1: It will be a storyline, though, throughout 2020 if we can get to back to some footy because uh big recruit and they'll be hoping for an impact out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And another one that, that I'm
0: really keen to see what he's got this year is Cam Rayner. Um, number one picks, it doesn't matter whether you're Jack Watts or who you are, when you've got that number one tag, you're going to be followed closely all the way through. And I think in that first year, there was all that narrative about him. Oh, it was a sneaky good year. He's He's not being appreciated. And... And then there was last year where, where Brisbane did so well and he was just seen to be playing his role. But we're entering a third year now. And I think that's a year when it's almost a moving year for a lot of players. You find out how good someone is. And um, for Cam, is he, a, is he a forward mid? Is he a mid-forward? Or can he be- become a full-time midfielder,
1: Cow. Oh, I love Cam. I've, I've loved him since I get to watch him at under 18 level. And I think the only bigger fan of Cam Rainer is probably Steve Canole, the man who drafted him for the Lions. But... <laughs> Look, I don't think he's ever going to be a full-time midfield. I just don't think he's got that running capacity in him. But what he can be is, I think, a 40-60 mid forward. So he's probably still always he's going to play predominantly as a mm. forward. But as years go by and the fitness does creep up and, and the body work and all that type of thing improves, I think that he's more likely to spend more time in that midfield. And to be honest, the lines don't necessarily need him in the midfield. Mm. They're stacked in the midfield. So... Um, I can throw him in there, you know, here and there for for Spitz and perts, but I just don't think it's going to be necessary for him to do that full-time. I think he's a star, though, and I do hope with you as well that this is the moving year for for Cam Rayner, because he's played every game since joining the club. He had a couple of real opportunities in that final against Richmond, which he was probably a bit too wasteful early on, as were a lot of his teammates. Um, So I think the big stage will suit him, and it has always suited Cam, but yeah, as they progress, I think he's going to be a lot better as, as sort of the team environment works around him too. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I just don't think it's probably necessary for him to be a full-time midfielder at the moment, and nor does he maybe um, have that sort of attribute in him in terms of his running capacity. But, geez, if it's one-on-one in a couple of years as him as a deep forward, um, I know who I'd be backing.
0: It's been a bit underwhelming, that 2017 draft at the top end. So I was looking at it the other night, and it's going to be a really big year for a lot of guys. Your Davies Uniacs, your, yep. your Paddy Dows, uh, even the, the Fremantle
1: boys, the, the Cherers and the Brayshaws. We need to yeah. find out a bit about them this year, outside of Jaden Stevenson. I was about to say, he, he is the obvious winner, isn't he, hmm. um, out of that pool. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about him. But there is some midfielders at the top there who will be wanting to use 2020 as their big year.
0: A guy who slid. In the most recent draft, so he wasn't in that right in that top end when he was talked about potentially being there was was Devon Robertson. Um, Brisbane traded up to get him, um, so they were keen. They were surprised that he slid, and then he came in as we talked about with Grant Birch a little bit earlier. He came out. Devon Robertson came in and made his debut. How much footy does he play in twenty twenty, Cal?
1: I was great to see him. I, I think he looked a little bit off the pace, but as did a few of his teammates who were far more mm. experienced. So that was okay to sort of understand that that's where that was coming from from Devon. But yeah. I think he's definitely going to be in the mix to play. And at most clubs, he'll probably be playing all the time, but given their number of match match winners inside inside the contest in the middle there for the Lions, and he probably doesn't play too many other positions, Mark, so I, I don't think he mm. can probably rest him as a small forward or a half forward at this point of his career. So he's a ball winner. There's there's, there's nothing too fancy about him apart from the fact that he just goes and gets his hands dirty and, and comes out with the ball most times. So... Yeah, I think he'll play a little bit of footy here and there, but he's probably always going to be in the 25 to 26 squad. Um, and his consistency is certainly something that um, no one ever takes for granted with Devin Robinson. So he'll keep putting his name forward. Uh, I like that he got a game early and was able to strut his stuff. And look, the Lions loved him. Loved him throughout last year and obviously traded up to get him on the second night off the draft. So uh, they obviously were pretty prepared to give up a bit to go and get this WA captain who'd been a star throughout the championships, averaged 30 touches, I think about you know, four or five clearances a game and half those possessions contested. So his qualities are on show for everyone to see and hopefully we are seeing a little bit at AFL level this year. But, you know, I, knowing Devin, he's, he's a little bit um, impatient. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that he'll be wanting to play as much as he can this year. But there are also some good players ahead of him in that midfield um, brigade. Now, Cal, before we wrap it up, I
0: absolutely love what the Lions have done with their list management. I'm a big rat for Dom Ambrosio and and what he's done. And I did a piece last year looking at just how well they've locked away their future. They're really happy with this group. And because of that, they've signed guys away really early. Um, I think they've only got sort of 15 guys, if that, out of contract this year. And a lot of their main guys, their core, are already locked away until at least next year and beyond, which is really promising stuff. The question for you, Cal, this is an area you look at really closely. Are they the most efficient list management team in the game? It's a big question because there's some competitors, but they're right up there for me.
1: Oh, just looking at their players and looking at that article that you did write uh, towards the end of last year, and there's been a couple sign on since then, too, because the big mm. fish they landed um, in the off season last year in terms of their own players and retention was Eric Hipwood, who re signed until the mm. end of 2023. He was due to come out of contract at the end of 2020. So they've got that one done and sorted, and they tend to do this really early. The lines they, they do their work early and then sort of keep the guys who are on the fringe just towards the end, which is a great way of doing it. But they've been able to get the commitments from these younger players, most of whom aren't from Queensland, to stay there long term. So this year, in terms of their out-of-contract players, Steph Martin is out of contract. Uh, the Ruckman who obviously went down in round one with that knee injury. So he'll miss eight, eight to ten weeks of training over the next little bit. But hopefully, who knows, if footy returns in, in June, then he'll be, he'll be right to go for that. Um, yep. Cedric Cox, Jacob Allison, Toby Wooler are among the other names who are out of Skinner Sam contract. Skinner's
0: an interesting one, too.
1: Yeah, yep, yep. Another one who's these guys who might get opportunities elsewhere, potentially Skinner as well, given being a tall. We know that the appreciation and lack of tall is around the country. So sometimes those guys can uh, get another nibble from a club elsewhere who's desperate for that type of player. But look, mm. the reality is that most of the guys that they want to keep for sure are already there for the long term. Harris Andrews, Charlie Cameron. The drainer Draena, Zorko, Berry, um, Lockie, Neal, Wither, and Gardner—they're all, an exciting, exciting, all, all signed to the end of 2021 at least. So, and and a couple of those well well longer as well. In Joe Berry's mm. 2024 or something like that. So, which seems mm. an absolute eternity away in the current <laughs> landscape. But the reality is that the list management team have done a great job of keeping these guys happy, and the club's culture has changed as well to to, to sort of reflect that. So the guys, where you know. These Victorian boys, like Alex Witherton and Cam Rayner and Jared Berry and McCluggage, they're more than comfortable staying up there for the long term and they see the future there. So, yeah, I think the question, or well, the question was, are they the most efficient list management team in footy? You'd have to say yes with the amount of players mm-hmm. that are locked in uh, for the long term.
0: Thanks very much, Cal. That brings us to the end of the lines. Hopefully the, the Brisbane fans got a little bit out of that while they're going stir-crazy waiting for footy. And I hope you're hanging in there with lockdown as well. You look like you're keeping your,
1: your mind... Uh, pretty busy there. So good. <laughs> Hang in we're there. Tr- we're trying. We're trying. Good to chat lines and good to talk for you, Mark.